So it's it's not, you know, I don't want to get in an argument with you about whether it's wrong or right, because I understand where you're coming from, but I'm responding in a different sense. Right. And, and, and I'm responding in a sense not that um, I don't agree with you, but I'm I'm just arguing in a sense that I want you to be able to understand where you are, but understand you are listening to black mental health while you're arguing where you are. While while I think is ineffective, right? To me, I, and the reason why I'm saying it's ineffective is because I've been on that side. And staying on that side leaves you on that side because mm. it, it puts you in a position of being vulnerable, puts you in that position of being helplessness, helplessness, and wanting people to do the right thing. And that's not going to happen. The universe. Welcome back to a conversation between two black men. This is the week of October 16th, and we are engaged. And, uh, I'll put the um, give you the floor, brother. Oh, well, I don't know. If that's fair. Um, <laughs> you ain't got nothing to talk about. <laughs> I, I, okay, you want to give me the floor? To that? I mean, I don't know. Um, I, so I don't know. I mean, do you want me to elaborate about the last conversation we were having, or yeah, we can start there. Yeah. So nah. I, I, I. So. I, I think um, based on the last conversation that we had before we paused, um, it was my opinion that um, I, I felt like you were saying that um, John Gruden getting fired was not acceptable or maybe that he shouldn't shouldn't have gotten fired. And I felt like the analysis that you were using um, you know, was uh, comparable to Trump, you know, or other atrocities as related to, to black people where white people got off. And I almost felt like you were saying, well, these other white people have gotten a pass or gotten off. And um, so why are we prosecuting this guy? And why are we feeling good about this guy getting fired where, you know, all these other white people gotten away with things? And I think that while other white people have gotten away with things, doesn't mean that black people have been complacent or felt good about it. Uh, I don't know that they've had uh, much control over uh, white people getting away with the things that they've gotten away with, but I surely don't see them in a place of complacency or um, seeing them as, as feeling like, okay, we had a success here. I, I, I think that we're um, in, in situations where even if we go back to the Central Park Five, right? There, there was there. Nobody felt good about them going to prison and doing the time that they they did. That surely was a loss. But black people surely felt good about them being able to come home and be um, exonerated, you know, from those charges that they were accused of or those accusations that that they were accused of. So, I, you know, you and I had a conversation, um, maybe in a podcast or two earlier, about dichotomous thinking, you know, where it's a all or nothing, right? Where um, if, you know, we don't win all cases, then we're not happy 
with, with nothing. So um, I, I think that that's um, problematic thinking. And I think it is, is problematic because you, you don't, I mean, you live in the United States. You, you don't live and live in the United States or just living in the world. I'm going to let the world creates a place where there's an all or nothing. And I don't know that there's ever been an all or nothing where, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm either great all the time or I'm not great ever. Or I'm winning all the time or I'm never winning. I I think that's I think that's problematic in that type of thinking. Yes, sir. Um, I think you gave a fair assessment of um, wasn't a hundred percent accurate of what I was trying to say, but it was indeed acceptable or suitable to me as a fair assessment of what I I was trying to say. Um, the one thing that, uh, you, you didn't, um, focus on was the control part, the, the notion that, um, a John Gruden is so full with malice that we would, um, celebrate a defeat in his life. Um, compared to um, the backlash of Obama being a two-term president was the election of Donald Trump, whether people wish to believe it or not. At some point in American thinking, they wanted to punish anybody that would put this nigger in office. To me, that was my impression of how this miscreant could become the president of the United States, knowing his current uh, feelings about black people, about women, about um, gay people. And they made him president. So the control never left the hands of the people that are in power. And I think what Dave Chappelle was saying, um, which is the other point that I think you may have missed, was that um, if we took the same joke and applied it to somebody else, would you still think it was funny? And uh, how, do, how do we do that with us? as black people. Um, the joke is, here's somebody that could get away with murder of another human being with no penalty or very little adverse uh, effect. However, this same person could say something about LGBT and lose his whole is the baby the face of anti-LGBT I doubt it I know more people that's worse than the baby when it comes to anti-LGBT 
So the, the analysis is to take that same scenario and put it into our own backyard as black people. Is there somebody worse than John Gruden when it comes to um, their effect on black people? Of course there are. But we let these people become president. But we don't, bruh, that's not fair to say because. Of course we, it's not fair, but it's just but, my perspective. Yeah, but, right, but when you say, but we let these people come become president, right? So it, it's not we let them because we don't let them. Right, you know, that's but, where we lack but, the control. Right, because, because those of us that vote, we don't feel that way because we voted differently. But right. if you if you don't vote, then that's different too, right? So right. it's like you gotta. It's it's not fair to say we let this happen because it's not like a monolithic black people thing. Because it's it's almost like the vaccine, right? There are people that are anti. There are black people that are anti-vaccine, right? You know, they're not going to get vaccinated. They don't trust the government. There are people that are not going to vote. They don't trust the government. So, so it's not fair to lump, you know, all black people, you know, together as a consequence of what happens with white people. Because all black people didn't vote as a result of Trump winning or losing, right, in either election. Same way with, 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 with the vaccine. All black people aren't on board with getting vaccinated. So you, you, we are not a monolithic type of people. So it's not fair to make this analysis or to have a conversation about black people. Okay. Right. Let me, it, let me, let me uh, interject right there. Um, it's not about uh, who's responsible. It's about if we applied the same joke to us, would it still be funny? Well, but, well, but the joke is relative. Right. It's not funny to all black people. Right. It's, it might be funny to you. It may be funny to you. Some, may not be funny to you. But, right. you know, Jay, Dave Chappelle's skit is not indicative of black people's thought. It's just right. indicative of Dave Chappelle's opinion. Right. He's just a comedian. He, right. He's not a representative of all black people. Right. And, so, and that's that's not my point. My okay. point is, do we see that we don't have the power we would like to have? Well, when you say... It's we a simple thing without accusing anybody of being derelict in their duties or lack of power. Yeah. Do we see that... The, the same analogy of how one person could be punished and another person ride off into the sunset. But at the end of the day, so what? I mean, what, 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 where are we going with that? Right. And that is the beauty of that joke. <laughs> There's nothing nobody can do about it. It is just how Dave Chappelle sees the world as a comedic comic. Yeah, I don't, but I don't. But, I don't but, think there's got to be any consequence or any conclusion. 
this is just how the joke works itself out. Right, but but I get it. I, I don't have a problem with the joke at all. I just was, it was just confusing to me about I, what I thought you were saying about black people and how black people were um, being complacent as it relates to um, the consequences of white folks and their actions of what they do. And I was right. just feeling like, and you and know, you, you were fair in that assessment uh, or that feeling. Okay. I, I, I didn't um, totally disagree with that. Um, I'm just saying how uncomfortable the joke feels when we try to <laughs> for ourselves. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense to most people out in the audience, but uh, that's just the way I think. Yeah, I think Dave Chappelle thinks the same way. Let me try this joke on you and see your reaction. And it, yeah. it, it, it's speaking truth in a very uncomfortable light. And nobody wants to get hit with that joke. It's like like um, the thing that the minister said: the only person, the only dog <laughs> that starts barking is the one that got hit. If you throw a rock in the crowd, so that rock could hit any of us. And I brought up the example of John Gruden as an example of our own. Uh, disparity or, or a lack of understanding of who is really in control. And I, I don't think it, it hits right with, with us or it certainly makes us uncomfortable to think anything of that. It, we, it would rather be that I'd be wrong for even coming to that conclusion rather than seeing it as the joke that it is. But all jokes have a truth to them. And that's what makes them funny. And that is the power of comedy. Yeah, well, I think that is, um, I, <laughs> definitely think, I definitely think that's the case with um, particular comedians, uh, specifically uh, Dave Chappelle. Yes, he, sir. he is a master mm. um, comedian. He Indeed. is very thoughtful. Um, he's very strategic, you know, in, in what he does. And uh, he was able to approach um, that gay LBGT community population in a way that a lot of people have not historically been effective mm -hmm. in terms of communicating with them. Mm -hmm. And I was very appreciative of the way that he was able to do right. it. A lot of people were. And uh, I think it just shows that some people are saying, let's, let's stop and think about what we're doing. And uh, yeah. somebody had to say that with Emmett Till. Let's stop. Uh, let's let's still be white supremacists, but let's stop these type of actions that could happen to an Emmett Till or George Floyd. We're still going to be the same privileged people, and we should be. This is our country. We don't care who worked for it. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying, brother? That's yeah, how I some people think. Yeah, and we I, can't change that. Yeah, it, right. I and, mean, and to have any notion that we can by firing them, I think misses the point of how we come together as a country and how we actually solve. We can't. Uh, I, I'm learning from you 
that we can't actually solve problems, but we can treat them by doing the work. And the yeah. work may be this understanding that we, new understanding that we have to have. And I think that's what Dave Chappelle put it so brilliantly. Yeah. But, but, right. But, but here's the thing. I think historically, mm-hmm. so we talk about solving the problem or treating the problem. Mm-hmm. White folks have never been um, concerned with solving the problem right. of black folks. Right. Never, right. So that's why our prison population looks the way it looks in terms right. of black people and people of color. They've never been right. concerned about, you know, curing the problem. Exactly. You know, so I, I'm I'm saying firing John Gruden is not the cure. Right. But there you go. It, is definitely, the I was it, it is definitely a treatment. Right. You know, it's a feel good. Right. It, well, yeah, but it, it, it but but not only a Nothing wrong good, with that. But but on but on that but it is it is what they have done to us for years, right? What, right? They cancel us by putting us in prison, right? They cancel us by not not allowing us to get jobs, right. now not allowing us in certain spaces. You know when they realize that oh this black person is a threat, this this black person is X Y and Z, or we're going to limit his ability to do X Y and Z. I'm saying. People like Matt Lauer, people like John Gruden, people like um, what's the white guy from um, Republican from uh, oh man, what's the white guy name? Oh, the old white guy. Um, that they fired. No, the 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 Republican. Um, um, oh my God, uh, he he was a commentator. Uh, Older guy, they mm-hmm. paid thousands and thousands, millions and millions of dollars um, over periods of time to keep him, you know, in his position. But they finally let him go. Um, I don't know why his name. Well, I do know why his name escapes me right now. But um, <laughs> it, it's, his name escapes me right now. But um, they fight him also. But I mm-hmm. think he was on Fox Forever. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, white guy, that older white guy that was on Fox Forever and had a number of um, sexual harassment cases mm-hmm. and they they ultimately ended up letting him go. Um, man, I know you know his name. But, uh, oh my God. Uh, well, I can't think of it right now. Not Rush? Not, not Rush. Um, but you're in that ballpark. Um but he 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 was on Fox forever, mm-hmm. and they ultimately ended up firing him because they spent millions of dollars hiding um, sexual harassment lawsuits uh, against him. Uh, but I can't remember his name right now. But anyway, um, but him, people like Matt Lau, um, just just a number of them that historically, you know, have you know, gotten away with all of their atrocities for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it, it reminds me, um, here's the comparison that I'm trying to make. The John Gruden case is an individual. And I've always talked about racism in terms of its collective effectiveness. 
racism would not exist if it were for John Gruden. John Gruden is an individual. But racism exists in America because there's a collective energy, whether they agree with it or not, that supports it. There is a case of a woman, a female judge in uh, the juvenile court system, I think somewhere in Baltimore, and they're saying that her courtroom was the pipeline to the um, uh, the 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 black uh, youth going right from um, school, uh, secondary school, high school, into prison. And she was the pipeline for that. The same types of crimes, um, like she was having people sent to juvenile detention for standing around watching a fight. She said that everybody that stood around and watched the fight was in criminal contempt. They came to find out later that that was not only wrong, it was illegal. And she got fired from her, her job and there was a full investigation uh, into this female judge, white judge. I'm sure she's well-meaning. But there is where power is. Now there's an individual that has power over the destiny of black youth. I don't think Judge uh, um, I mean John, John Gruden fits that definition. Yeah, but that's fine that you feel that way. But it, it, it's not so much that... Hold on. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's not so much that you feel that way, whether or not he has power or not, but he has power in, in, in the sense that he's in a position of power. And so if he's sending emails and if he's talking negative about um, players, that in and of itself is power. It's a different type of power, but it's power in and of itself. If if, if if you go to work tomorrow for a law firm and your supervisor or you know whoever is racist, you may not have power, you know, as relates to black people across America, but he may have impact on your job. Right, it may have impact on you in terms of your ability to be able to progress. So John Gruden is a small apple, you know, a small fish in a big pond of people that feel that way. I'm I wouldn't even be surprised if all owners, you know, and I do <clears> believe <throat> that most of them, you <clears throat> know, um have some racist um element about them. <clears throat> they just have not been exposed. But John Gruden just happened to be exposed, and I think he should be punished. And I think he should be an example of what should happen to everybody else that is exposed. Hmm. And that, I will have to leave uh, that right here. We are at the 22-minute mark. Um, I think there was one other subject that I wanted to touch on right quick. Uh, one was this uh, white judge in... Uh, 
I think it's the Baltimore area. And this was just in one county. And they found out that she's not the only one with that sentiment. And it was an illegal sentiment. It, it didn't even have any basis in the law where you would take people that are the audience to a fight and put them through juvenile detention knowing that the juvenile detention system is so messed up, brother, that if your child experiences one night in there, it could change their whole thinking for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. Because they could be violated in there just overnight. Yep. And their whole outlook on life is going to change. Yep. And it may go in silence and untreated for shame of what happened to them overnight. Bro, let me, you know, let me just, uh, well, I'm going to use the situation, right? Yes, sir. Um, I am a clinician in, um, well, I'm a clinician in, in a lot, of, in a couple of different um, uh, aspects, but in one um capacity in which I work, uh, I'm a licensed clinician. And so I work with people who are homicidal and suicidal. Mm -hmm. um, but not only working and working in that environment, but a lot of those people um, that live in environments like that, like they might live in a, um, a shelter. Mm -hmm. Or they, or they might be in a um, transitional living, or what, whatever situation they, that they might be in. Right. But what ends up happening a lot of times is they are looking at the world and they're looking at the environment, and they are looking at the people that are supposed to be in control of those environments, and and they're saying, "Why are these people allowing these things to happen?" Mm. Right. And they start to feel some kind of way because they see the injustice happening. But they see the people that are, that are in authority allowing these things to happen. Mm. And they're saying, this isn't right. Right. Right? And so they're looking for answers. But they're looking for answers in places where there is no real answer. Mm. Or there is no corrective answer. Mm. Right? And what I'm saying, what I mean by that is, unfortunately, you're penalized in this country for being poor. Mm -hmm. And you are accelerated and you are um, boosted mm -hmm. for um, accelerating in, in this country. Mm -hmm. So, if you're poor and you live in a shelter, you live in poverty, and you're in a reentry program, or you're in a group home, or you're in a, a shelter, and you feel like, and you're looking at the people that are in authority, and you're saying, wow, these things aren't supposed to be happening here. But they are. Mm. Right? And so if it's you 
if it's your child, if you're a relative, you know, and you are saying these things and you feel some kind of way, right? You're like, okay, who, who do I go to for this? The reality is you're probably not going to be able to go to anybody mm. because there's no voice for the voiceless mm. unless you are going to become that voice. Right. You are probably going to end up being homicidal, suicidal, depressed. You're probably, you're going to find it harder to come out of that situation right. than to break out of that situation. That's, it's, it's not, people that come from where you and I come from, Brother Douglas, most of them don't make it, bro. Mm. And the reason why you don't make it is because you're not, it's not designed for you to make it. Mm. Right? So when I hear you talk about people like John Gruden and, you know, Donald Trump, it's not that I don't understand or don't agree with you. But the other side that I'm trying to share is that being in that place that you're going to be in and, and saying what you're saying is not helpful. Mm. It's, it doesn't change anything. Right? To me, I, I, I've, I've already been there. I know what that side looks like. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, it's not, you know, I don't want to get in an argument with you about whether it's wrong or right. Because I understand where you're coming from, but I'm responding in a different sense. Right. And, and, and I'm responding in a sense not that um, I don't agree with you, but I'm, I'm just arguing in a sense that I want you to be able to understand where you are, but understand while you're arguing where you are, while, while I think it's ineffective, right, to me. I, and the reason why I'm saying it's ineffective is because I've been on that side. And staying on that side leaves you on that side. Because mm. it, it puts you in a position of being vulnerable, puts you in that position of being helplessness, helplessness and wanting people to do the right thing. And that's not going to happen. Right? To me, for me, the only thing in my life that has changed for me is me. Mm. Right, it, it's me saying, you know, the government ain't gonna get right. People ain't gonna do right. N nothing about living over here, growing up on welfare, living in you know poverty, you know food stamps, you know hustling, selling drugs. None of that is going to change. Mm. Right. The only thing that's going to change is me. Right. So I, 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 and I don't want to talk or seem like I'm talking for. From a position of privilege, but what I am saying is that the only reason why I can say something different is because I did something different. Right. Right. And so one of my newest uh, things that and most powerful things that I could tell people, including my own daughter, I was like, "Look, you can't change what this person does or thinks." The only thing that you can change is yourself. This is a new paradigm that I got from you, brother. Um, I've always had self-improvement in my life as a, um, a mentality that I must have. But 
this takes it to a new level. And that's why I appreciate you, brother, because you've shown me um, that success has to be measured in what we do, not in what we react. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, and, and, okay. and 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 I'll say this: like, man, I, I tell you, you know, you and I, you know, we come from that same struggle. We come from that same hustle. Um. So you know, no matter how no matter how much we argue or disagree about a particular um situation, you know, there's always love at the end of the day. But it is it's definitely about us trying to show people like you know like while we might struggle to understand things if they're listening to this podcast then it you know it's beneficial for them to understand the struggle that they might have in trying to understand one another because if if, if you're watching something like the squid games or if you're living life mm and you want to try to understand it, it this is a game. It really is. Hmm. Right? It's, this is capitalism. Right. Capitalism is a game. Right? right? So, if you are poor, it is because you. it is meant for you to be poor. Right. It, it, and, and so, it, it, like the squid games, like when those people are dying, look, bro, that is real. Hmm. You are meant to die. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, the only people that are going to survive are the people that are trying to survive. Right. Those those people that die, you know, nobody cares. Right. The story that's told that's ever told is the people that survive. That is and correct. What, and, and so what I'm saying to you is, man, from where you and I come from, from the mud, mm. right? You know, and what the honorable Elijah Muhammad talk about, you know, you know, coming from the mud of concrete and barely you know, being able to see your eyeballs peek out of that mud, mm. you know, and coming from that triple darkness, mm. coming into some type of Shekinah light, right? Mm. I, I'm saying to say that you got to jump through all these hurdles to get to some point in, in life where you might be somewhat successful, right? And I... I had to reverse my whole life, right? To 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 come from the streets and food stamps and welfare, to go to college and get a bachelor's degree, master's degree, doctoral degree, and still not that still was not even enough, right? But still ended up having to get licensed mm. even after being a doctoral degree, mm-hmm. so that so that I could walk out the door and say to someone. I dare you to offer me less than six figures. Hmm. 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 And that's real power. You know, and 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 and, and when I when I say I dare you to offer me less than six figures, I'm saying that when you call me in for the interview, mm-hmm. I'm inter- I'm interviewing you. Right. You interviewing me. <laughs> you know because. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one thing to walk into an interview and be and and be able to argue, you know, <laughs> what, you know, what I bring to the table. 
I no longer walk into an interview and do that. I walk into the interview and I'm like, okay, why why do I need to be here with you? Hmm. And that is real power, brother. And I don't think a lot of us understand it, including me. I am guilty of it myself. Um, but I'm learning. And I, I'm glad that I'm always open to learning. And um, that is going to be where real power comes from. Our own self-improvement. Where we can walk into a place and command certain respect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Rather than de demanding respect. I demand that you respect me. Ain't nobody got to respect you. Yeah, I mean, for what reason? <laughs> right, right. I mean, outside of the streets. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm saying, like, now, man, bro, when I got licensed, all I mm -hmm. did was, I, look, bro, I didn't have to change no wording on my resume at all. All I did was add license. Because I right. had a doctoral degree. Mm -hmm. And people were still saying, yeah, but you ain't licensed. Mm -hmm. you, you, you got a doctoral degree in counseling psychology. Mm -hmm. But, um... You ain't licensed, hmm. right? And, and I'm telling you, bro, as a doc, as a doc, I had a doctoral degree with tons of student debt, hmm. right? Hmm. And people was like, still turning me down, like, nah, hmm. uh, we can give you fifty thousand, we can give you, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm a, you know. I went to school and earned a doctoral degree. I have a mm. dissertation. I have research. I've and they're like, oh, but you ain't licensed. But when I passed that exam, mm -hmm. that one exam mm. went, went bro. What all I did was add those other letters to my name. Mm -hmm. Game changer, like mm. overnight. Mm. I'm talking about like. I, 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 bro, I ain't just talking six figures. I'm talking about like six figures plus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, I mean, it, it, it was just different, bro. I mean, people like, like, like people were calling me like, oh, saw your resume, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, I wasn't even, I, I wasn't even really sending right. my resume out. People were just calling me like, mm. oh, 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 Dr. Moore. Bro, I'm telling you, in the last, <laughs> what is this? Last six, Six months, mm -hmm. but I ain't never heard my name, Doctor Wayne, <laughs> Doctor Moore. Mm -hmm. I, 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 and look, and when I walk in a room now, people be like, "What do you want to be called? <laughs> what do you want to be called?" <laughs> I ain't never, bro. That ain't never been. <laughs> You're right. Ain't never happened to me. You know. <laughs> you know. So I, it's it's funny because I, I walk around the office. Look, bro. I don't get a job offer. Where there's not a, where there's not an official office, mm -hmm. here's an office for you. Mm -hmm. You know, Doctor Wayne, Doctor Moore, and I. My sometimes I have to walk out and scratch my head, like, <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> like what? But yeah, mm -hmm. but but bro, I'm just saying that's that's the world in which we live in, though, bro. I mean, yeah. You know, it, it, it it's it's reality. It is the squid game. Yeah. And there will be casualties and, and that's what the game was meant to do. It 
it, it's um somebody said the same thing about racism. Um, they said that this is a system in place that no matter how much progress we make, and we have seen the progress superficially, maybe perhaps, but we see progress in in the the uh, racial uh, understanding and uh, racial justice, but. The system in place has never been defeated. Yeah. And that is what we need to understand and perhaps even attack. Um, one other thing before we go, we have the 39 minute mark, but um, there is now a new type of uh, suicide, and, uh, which is why I think that uh, Dr. Khaled was um, poisoned. Um, there's something called sodium nitrate that you use to cure meat, which I think is giving me these headaches because I love to eat cold cuts and knowing damn well that they have this sodium nitrate in it. But you can buy this for the purposes of hurting yourself or someone else. And um, it has come to light, as most things that come to light, through some tragedy, and this one was a childhood star, little white boy, became an adult and couldn't adjust to life. He ordered some sodium nitrate and took it and died. Mm. But now there's um, new, they're trying to set up legislation that would allow, wouldn't allow um, young people sodium nitrate. Mm. Mm. It, it, it's it's um, we live in a, a, a world that's full of beauty uh, but underneath those uh, beautiful flowers are the leaves of the rest of our lives. Yep. Um, I thank you, brother. We're at the 41-minute mark. This has been Black Mental Health and Racism. Uh, not racism, and race. Because the ism part is the only thing that we can control within ourselves. Um, so let's get to thinking about things in different perspectives. Let's get to having these conversations. Uh, maybe this conversation that you and I had, Dr. Moore, would inspire those to talk amongst themselves and uh, look not for solutions, but look to put in this work. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And I, and I think what's key is, is having the conversation. Let's talk, let's, let's talk it through. Let's, you know, argue a little bit. Let's get a little uncomfortable. You know, but but at the end of the day, we we need to have the conversation. Yes, let's sir. let's let's get some clarity mm. about what it is we think, why it is we think, mm. and where we need to go from there. Yes, sir. Indeed, and we'll be back next week, inshallah, inshallah. with another episode of Two Men, Black Men having a conversation uh, about Black mental health and race. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Our phone number, if 
you'd like to participate or leave a comment is one three four seven seven five four seven four four zero. Thank you for listening and peace to the universe. Peace to the God.